I'm Lindsay. And I'm Kathy from the Kindergarten Kiosk Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect those of others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey, do you need help in becoming more effective at teaching virtual classes? Well, NVTA, the National Virtual Teaching Association, has a semester program that is college accredited and designed to help you become more successful as a virtual teacher. A few of the topics that we'll be focused on are establishing relationships in the virtual environment, virtual instruction best practices, differentiation in the virtual classroom, and managing virtual resources, among others. NVTA is an affiliate partner with Teaching Learning Leading K-12, and there's so much there to help you be successful in the virtual classroom. Uh, so take a look. Go to my website, stephenmaletto.com slash sponsors, find the NVTA logo and click on it to take you to their website. Happy learning. Hey, Steve here. And my podcast, Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is hosted on Podbean. If you use my affiliate link when you sign up for podcast hosting, you will get one month free. I've been on Podbean for the whole existence of my podcast since November of 2013. In that time frame, I've had nonstop service. I've had easy access to assistance when I needed help. I've been able to upload unlimited pictures and podcast episodes. The dashboard is easy to use. My Podbean community has grown tremendously. Looking at starting a podcast? Well, use my affiliate link to get one month free of hosting. Go to my website at stephenmaletto.com sponsors and click on the Podbean hosting link to see what plans are offered and choose the one that you like the best. You'll be glad you did. Hey, welcome back. Steve here. And today I'm talking with David Solomon. He's the CEO of Lightspeed. Lightspeed is a developer of instructional audio solutions in K-12 education, providing teachers and students with the perfect listening and learning environments. So much to learn today. You're going to love this talk. Thanks for listening. And by the way, before you go, it would be so nice if you'd go to my website, stephenmaletto.com slash reviews and left a review. Could you do that for me? Thanks so much. Enjoy the show. Boone Titanium Rings, found on the web at boonrings.com, is an affiliate partner of Teaching Learning Leading K-12. And I'm also a customer. I have this really cool ring that's got these carved pistons and, and stars in it. I love it. They make rings of titanium that are carved, laser cut, and engraved, as well as they have inlays of many types of materials like meteorite, acrylic, wood, carbon fiber, and so many other types. They also have special collections that are incredible designs. One of the top sellers are the Gamer Rings, the Stealth Series, and the Black Zirconium. As a note, they also make earrings, pendants, cufflinks, and for you musicians, they make cool trumpet mouthpieces. Love it. Go to boonrings.com and at checkout, use my code, capital T, capital L, capital L, capital K, number 12, and you'll get 10% off your purchase. So go check them out. I love my ring, and I know that you will love yours. You are listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast for educators, helping you help kids achieve their dreams. And now here's Steve with this week's show. David Solomon is the CEO of Lightspeed. David's been on the forefront of audio development for 12 years. His passion is uncovering the unspoken, often unrecognized challenges teachers and students struggle with daily and finding ways to apply audio technology to take down barriers to learning. Lightspeed is the premier developer of instructional audio solutions in K-12 education, providing teachers and students with the perfect listening and learning environments. So glad to have you on today, David. Thanks for joining me and say hi to everyone. Hello, everybody. Uh, thank you for, for having me, Steve. 
Well, I'm glad that you're here. And uh, Dave, before we go any further, let's talk about what you like most about your role as CEO of Lightspeed. Oh, you know, I think what I like about being the CEO of Lightspeed is, uh, first of all, we are a independent company. So we are not uh, beholden to venture capital. We uh, are not a part of a much larger organization and we're committed to being independent. In fact, we're committed to being employee owned. Uh, what that means is being the CEO is that we can take the long-term view, which is uh, great. I, uh, I saw that you, uh, you um, like to read Simon Sinek and we just got done reading as a company, uh, the infinite game and talking about how we as a company play the infinite game. And I think that uh, if I had to sum it up, that's one of the things I really love is I'm with a group of people who want to be a part of something that's going to be here long after they're gone, making a difference in the world for teachers and students and making a difference for future employees. That's awesome. And, and, and that's cool that you uh, uh, also, because it uh, fits well with the infinite game there. That's cool. That's, yeah, that's yeah. nice. I love that book. Cynic's work yeah. is awesome. And that's so cool to have uh, to, to be a connect that way. So, uh, so David, can you give us an overview of what Lightspeed does? I mean, what's its purpose? Yeah, I think, you know, first and foremost, you know, why, what do we care about, right? And I think at Lightspeed, you know, we're on a mission to help every student hear every word. Uh, you know, we, we want to see a world where every student and every teacher can listen and they can learn and they can share their voice regardless of how the classroom is, is defined. So that is what we are trying to accomplish, our big picture. Uh, the way we do that today is a teacher wears a, a very small microphone. Uh, it's wireless. Uh, we have specially designed speakers that work with the microphone that create a very low volume, highly intelligible, evenly distributed sound across the classroom. So every child hears every word. And uh, that in a nutshell is, is what we're all about. That's, that's very cool. I, you know, not too long ago, I interviewed a parent who, uh, she was part of a national PTA program, and a long time ago, when her child was young, uh, was petitioning for her child to her child's teachers to to do something with audio because her child could not hear very well, had a hearing impairment, and uh, didn't think it was right just to move him to the front of the classroom, you know, just to think that that might improve it. And I, and I was wondering, so I mean, we've come a long way since those days when she was talking about because that was in the early two thousands. What, and can you talk a little bit about what this looks like? I mean, what it. Yeah. Well, you know, I think it's important to understand why would you even do this? Right. Why was, why was that parent interested in this? Uh, you know, 75% of learning happens through auditory processing, right? You know, teachers teach through talking for the most part. Uh, other students are talking. This is how we learn. Um, and yet, with our younger students, uh, the, the phonemic awareness is low in comparison to an adult. I mean, first of all, you and I, we have large libraries of information in our heads. We don't have to hear every word to understand something. We may want to. We may be a lot less exhausted if we hear, could hear every word. But if we can't, we can figure it out. For young students, young learners, uh, that's not the case. Uh, they don't have that library of words. Uh, they don't necessarily, ha they haven't developed the ability to identify sounds and then manipulate them correctly. Uh, so part of the learning process is making sure that happens. 
you know, on top of that, there's about 30% of students in kindergarten through third grade that have some form of mild hearing loss. Now, it could be temporary, so it could be uh, ear infections, uh, it could be developmental, or it could be a permanent, mild, undetected hearing loss. Uh, the problem is that no one knows that this student has this problem, right? We don't know which 30% because it changes. Uh, so that sets a lot of kids back. Uh, a lot of kids get identified for other problems when it may just be this one issue. So through no fault of their own, no fault of the teacher, no fault of the hundreds of thousands of dollars spent on technology, the student starts to fall behind. Uh, and that's where we come in because we can provide a solution that benefits every student in the classroom. So every child hears those important, crucial, uh, you know, consonants and uh, vowels and how things put together so that they can start to build that library and that becomes the foundation for learning. That's excellent. That's, you know, and, and you're so right because especially the younger the child is, the less likely I would think they are to understand that they, they're not hearing it right. That's right. They don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah, so that's it's right. It's di kind of difficult yeah. for them to say, Hey, yeah. I'm not hearing things. <laughs> well, you know, similar to your story that you just mentioned, I, you know, one of, uh, one of the stories that really sticks with me is we had uh, uh, received a note from a parent who had a child in first grade. And when the child, when this young girl went into first grade, she was energetic, enthusiastic, you know, very outgoing, uh, you know, bright, uh, and, you know, the whole, they were so excited to have her go to first grade. Uh, well, within a few weeks, um, her energy level was at zero. She was coming home and just going to her room and go to sleep. Uh, she wasn't building friendships. Her grades were suffering. Uh, they had, could not figure out what was going on. And they were working with the teacher and uh, the, it was unresolved. Uh, and then, you know, a couple of months into the second half of the year, things started to really change for this girl. And uh, they, she was, you know, attentive. She was learning. She had friends. She started to uh, get a passion about horses. You know, this, she became uh, vibrant in her learning. And they asked her, well, you know, what, what has changed for you? Why the difference? And she said, mommy, I can hear. And right there, I mean, what more motivation can you have to get up in the morning to make that kind of impact? such a simple technology, uh, so affordable, and yet has such wide ranging impact. I'm sure that system was not put in there for that child. It was probably put in there for another child who had, uh, you know, some type of, uh, you know, a program and needed it. And yet every child in the classroom benefit benefits dramatically. It's amazing. It's, it's you know, it's, it, it really does. And it's one of the things, I mean, even if you come forward and you talk about it as adults, I mean, how many times you've been in a, in a class, where you know you're, you're taking the class and there's things going on in the hallway there's all kinds of stuff the professor maybe has a, a you know a very quiet voice <laughs> and you know you kind of wander off into never never land for a little bit and it you know it turns out if, if you just hear the voice better and I, and I would think that's something that you run into what you, it, let's kind of go the other direction which is you know i would think that uh do you get input from teachers who are using it about how it helps them and how they're delivering their instruction and such? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. On a few different levels. I mean, the, the first one uh, that, that comes to mind is the immediate uh, 
you know, the immediate relief on their voice. You know, you as a teacher, I'm sure you've experienced that, particularly at certain times of the year, maybe the beginning of the year, or maybe near the end, uh, where, you know, you start to have a lot of problems with your voice. Well, we have a lot of teachers in this country that, you know, suffer from having nodules on their vocal cords. Uh, it prevents them from, you know, projecting, uh, and it can be very painful. Uh, and of course, it increases the number of sick days at critical times of the year when you don't want your teachers out sick. Uh, so using the system allows teachers to be heard, but speak in a very nurturing voice. Uh, and they can get through the whole classroom without having to yell. So there's benefits for the teacher for that, for sure. Uh, benefits for the students. I mean, there are a lot of um, there's a lot of cultures where uh, somebody yelling at you all day is not deemed a good thing. Right. Uh, and uh, and I, I think that this is something that allows teachers to be more nuanced in how they talk with their students and how they share. Uh, on a, another level, uh, we've had uh, teachers talk about how they use the microphone to increase engagement, you know, uh, having fun with it, you know, uh, being the radio talk show host uh, or calling kids out in a, you know, in a special way that microphone allows them to have a different presence in the classroom. Uh, they also like to have the students using the microphone, right? Give the students a different uh, way to look at it. I, uh, I have been in many classrooms where you see the students using the microphone and you talk about a quiet voice. I mean, that shy student gets up there, they have to talk about their, whatever it is that they have to present uh, and you can barely hear them. But you put that microphone on they hear their voice. They see their friends and classmates actually listening to them. You can see the confidence level go up and you can see them really coming into their own. So, yeah, I think that uh, teachers value it in a lot of different ways. That's awesome what you're just talking about, because I know like when I was a 10th uh, grade uh, world history teacher, which I love working with 10th graders because they'll have fun. All right. <laughs> and, and they would love something like this. And, you know, and, oh, it, and, and I always had kids do presentations and you, you always, they, you go the gamut, you'd go from very loud and boisterous to hello. <laughs> yes. I, right. I, I think you're talking <laughs> and it would be so, you know, Oh yes, that would put that all on even flooring. You do away with all that type of stuff. If you had those, I, yeah, it's kind of cool. What can you talk a little bit about what this actually looks like? I mean, what is the, I mean, cause like, uh, you know, you're talking about a microphone. Are we walking around with a handheld mic? Are we? Uh, yeah. Well, no, it's uh, it's it's very simple. Uh, you know, I'd say it's it's about a uh, little maybe two inches in length. Uh, it's very thin. Um, the teacher wears it around their neck. We also have a handheld mic that is really designed for students. Uh, so it's super durable. <laughs> you're not going to break it. Uh, and, uh, and also fits nicely into their hands. So we have, we have both kinds of mics. Uh, both are wireless, both, you know, run on batteries all day long. You, you know, you recharge them at night. Uh, so the microphone is very simple. Uh, and for the most part, teachers just forget they even have it on. Uh, you know, they walk out of the classroom, you know, take it off so you can get it charged up. Uh, fortunately with our systems, once you leave the classroom, you know, you're far enough away that, you know, if you're talking, you're not going to get, uh, that back into the classroom the way it used to be that's, uh, in the older systems. Right. Yeah. That's good to know. Cause that, that, that's kind of like the administrators walking around with their walkie talkies and they forget, uh, um, yeah. you know, 
<laughs> whatever, you know, and broadcasting across the school. That would be bad. Yes, you're walking yeah, around that, broadcasting so through every classroom. <laughs> uh, but teachers forget they have them on. They're very lightweight and uh, they don't get in the way. Uh, the speakers come and, you know, we have a lot of different solutions. It depends on the type of classroom. You know, is it hard ceilings? Uh, you know, do you want it on a bookcase? Uh, you know, is it tied into other technologies? And there's so many different ways to look at this. So we have a very con consultative practice uh, in talking about how to find the right system. But for the most part, our speakers just disappear into the ceiling or into the wall. Uh, we have single speaker solutions that can fill an entire classroom with, with great sound. Uh, which cuts down on the cost, cuts down on installation, and it cuts down on things that could break. Uh, so, yeah. That's cool. The, the, I, I got to ask this. Do you primarily your customers uh, K through 12 or, or do you have post-secondary and do you have businesses that uh, seek you out? Yeah. You know, we, we have, uh, let's say, you know, 95% of our customers are uh, K-12 uh, schools and, you know, we have had some, you know, higher education uh, purchase and things like that. But I think a lot of that has to do with where our focus is. Um, we would, you know, gladly sell to anybody and we can certainly see the benefits, uh, you know, as adults, how many times, I mean, we, uh, we go to a lot of conferences, you go to a lot of conferences and uh, you walk into that room with 50 other people and the presenter's up there and says, I don't need a mic, do I? And you go, oh, please use the microphone, right? Please use <laughs> yes. the microphone. That drives me nuts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, so there are a lot of opportunities outside of uh, K-12, but that is our focus, right? That is where we, you know, we spend time with teachers in the classroom learning about what they're doing, how teaching is evolving, what they would like to see in our equipment. And then we design and build for that. Uh, if anything else happens outside of that, well, that's opportunistic and, and nice, but our, you know, our passion, our focus is on uh, students and teachers in the K-12 environment. Gotcha. So, you know, it's funny because we have to speak in terms of uh, pre pandemic and post pandemic yeah. or and then during the middle of the pandemic and whatever we're where we are in the pandemic type thing. And you know, do you do you see that the pandemic's had an impact on the the need for it, uh, for these types of systems? I mean any yeah. thoughts about has it had it what you're seeing as a result of the pandemic now and schools trying to get back into the into action here? Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean like like so many other companies, uh, what a year and a half ago uh, when this all started coming down, uh, school districts were very direct in asking us not to call on them, right? They are, they have too many things going on, dealing with too many unknowns and now is not the time. And, you know, we certainly respected that, right? If we called in, it was because we had a relationship and it was more about, well, how are you doing, uh, than anything else? Um, but what we, what we came to find as school districts started to figure out how they were coming back to school, uh, we had a role to play, uh, with teachers wearing masks in particular, this was a huge problem with, uh, students online and some students in the classroom, another huge problem and audio became, uh, you know, became a, something that we, we could help with. Uh, so, for example, you know, as we talked in the beginning, there are already issues about intelligibility and the ability to hear sounds and, and to understand what people are saying. Uh, when you put a mask on, 
that that makes it a great deal uh, worse. So they figured out, well, how are we going to deal with this? Well, our systems help a great deal. Uh, they also connect to the online learning environment. So you have students that are online. You have students that are in the classroom. You have a teacher that may be in the classroom. You may have another teacher online. How do you get all these people communicating? Uh, and that is something that we worked very hard on early on in the pandemic, is how do we get a system where you could put a microphone in every student's hand? So that if you wanted full participation, uh, you could get that. How did you make sure that the student online can hear other students and not just the teacher? I, I read a, a really good article yesterday, um, and it was uh, from, from Georgia, actually. It was Barry College, two, uh, two uh, professors from Barry College. The importance of listening to student learning. Instead of, you know, so there's one thing for the teacher being clear and everybody be able to hear the teacher. But when you have students online, in the classroom, socially distanced, all of a sudden that listening to the student learning becomes very difficult. And that's where we could step in and help because we delivered very clear audio paths for students online who could listen to the students in the classroom and participate with them and vice versa. And we gave the teacher a lot of flexibility on how to make all that work. That's awesome because, you know, it's it's just interesting because it's all, you know, this all started before before the virus and all that. And, and uh, you know, and it's it has this role already. And, but then it just seems like they kind of ramped it up and all of a sudden it, it really fits well with it. It's kind of like, you know, suddenly there was, you know, the, a bunch of years ago, there were these different ways that we could communicate. Most people had no clue about how to how to use Skype or how to use, uh, you know, this new program that came along called Zoom and and then everything happened, and the next thing you know is that it's the it's a new word in our vocabulary. Everybody's zooming, you know. And then uh, it's, I, I like to say it's just like in the '70s and '80s and '90s, you know, if you had a copy machine, it was a Xerox, right? And uh, yeah. And uh, now, even though it was Toshiba or whatever else the machine was, it, you know, it's that, and we're kind of in the the Zoom world where we're not only that. It's interesting how, you know, what you were doing, it just. All of a sudden, it's like, whoa, this has a new role, and you just kind of adapted it and, and moved forward. That's, that's awesome. It yeah. works so well. I, you know, I give, our, uh, I give our customers a lot of credit for being clear about what they need and being open with us uh, and talking with us and then our, you know, our product team uh, finding ways to, you know, to make that happen. You, know, you, you mentioned Zoom. We had uh, you know, one teacher that we uh, talked with, and she described it as she had her Zoomers and her rumors. So, <laughs> nice. <laughs> and, nice. And how to get them all working together. I have to remember yeah. that. That's good. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Zoomers and rumors. Very nice. Uh, uh, yeah. you know, have, have you seen this, uh, your instructional audio help ELL kids a little bit more? Oh, definitely. You know, I mean, uh, so... You know, with, with English language learners, uh, we've had uh, educators talk about this, this first year of silence, right? You know, imagine yourself being in an environment where you don't speak the language or you're trying to speak the language. You're going you're gonna to disappear, right? At least I would. I'd get as far away from the action as I could. Uh, and you know, that's, you know, one, one principle call it the, the year of silence and, you know, you need to break through as a teacher, uh, into that year of silence. And how do you do that? Well, number one, you want to, um, provide you know, equal access, right. To all students, you know, do all the students have equal access to learning? Well, I would make the case that no, 
uh, I speak at a, a certain pace. Uh, I speak at a certain volume. If someone is trying to grasp the language, they may not be hearing all the nuances of how I speak. And uh, for sure, with English language learners, teachers need to have clear pronunciation. And then you also have to be able to hear the nuances on how you use words and how you talk. And our systems uh, absolutely provide that benefit. Uh, we had um, a school district in uh, here in Oregon, uh, Beaverton. They have 5,000 English language learners across 58 schools, um, 95 languages. And I, wow. you know, for that, I don't think that that's that uncommon uh, that we have that kind of presence in our schools today. Uh, but uh, the, uh, the speech pathologist that we worked with there to put systems in every classroom said that hearing uh, clearly articulated speech is critical to acquiring language. And uh, we provide that. That's 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 awesome because I can I could just see the I mean first of all if they can hear the teacher more clearly what they're saying and how they're enunciating and what they're saying to them that's going to help entirely as well as the reverse of it um, you know being able to you know, just help amplify their voices too um, when, right. when when they're communicating with the teacher because you know, like you said I, I can't even imagine. I think I would be silent too. I think I would be, you know, I think I have a kid in the back of the classroom. His name's Mileto, but I'm not sure. You know, That's right. He comes and goes and, and, yeah. uh, and I've worked with students like that. So I totally understand uh, how this could make that uh, interaction much, so much better, so much better. Yeah. And in fact, it's uh, one of the reasons that people are able to use their, uh, their CARES Act or ESSER funding uh, because one of the guidelines is that you know you have to address the disproportionate impact of the pandemic on underrepresented student groups or subgroups, including English language learners. Uh, so it just you know it fits right in there with that with that funding stream. Very cool. That's yeah, I was going to ask you if um, um, you, you see different ways that they're using it. And that's that, that's awesome to hear that they've you've seen them using that that cares funding to to take oh, care yeah. of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So. Let me ask you this is something that, uh, you know, when a, if a, do you typically work with schools or school systems? Well, we do both. Uh, you know, mo most, or I should say many hardware companies uh, sell through uh, distribution, right? You buy from a, a wholesaler. And, you know, we, we certainly do that. Uh, but we have uh, account executives, salespeople, service people uh, throughout the country. And uh, that, you know, has, has a lot to do with, you know, let's stop. Okay. Could you ask me your question again? I got a little lost on that. Sure. What I, and, and just as a note, all I, I was trying to um, get at is, uh, oh, now I forgot what I asked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, uh, oh, I was asking if, uh, because where I'm going with this, just so you know, is I was okay. going to ask, and, I, and I've reversed the question in my head for some reason. I was going to ask you, can a school reach out to you? Okay. And so I'm going to change the question because that's really got what it. I meant to ask is, can a school gotcha, reach out gotcha. to you or you primarily work with school systems? Okay, I got it. All right. I got it. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to come back in out of that fourth wall. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, so, David, when, uh, when you work with schools and school systems, does a school reach out to you or is it primarily the system that you're working with? Yeah, it can be both. Uh, you know, oftentimes it starts with the school, 
Like there's someone with a very specific need. Like we talked about teachers with nodules on their vocal cords, or you have a, a student that has a specific requirement. So oftentimes it starts at the school level. Uh, you know, over time, uh, you know, you build, uh, you know, enough of a, a body of work that you can go to the district and say, hey, you know, here's what's happening. Um, so we, when we have, you know, we have people in every, every geographic location who can come out and help immediately. So we're very hands-on uh, and, uh, you know, want to make sure people uh, at the school level, at the teacher level, get the service and support they need. At the same time, we do a lot of sales uh, that are district-wide implementations. And oftentimes they are tied to bond measures, right? They're tied to new construction, remodeling projects, things like that. Uh, so it can be either way and we're very comfortable with it. Uh, even if it's purchased at the district level, we spend a great deal of time at the school level because if the teachers don't have the training, if the teachers don't understand the benefit, if the, if, you know, if that isn't working, then it's all for naught. Right? Gotcha. That, and that, and, because I, I can imagine many of my listeners would be thinking, well, I wonder if they just, if I reached out to them and said, oh, yeah. uh, you know, because I'm a former high school principal and I, I would probably be reaching out to you to say, hey, can we talk about this as opposed to, you know, my district would prefer it if I'd gone through them. But, yeah, hey, you know, it's, it's oh, those no. things. But yeah, uh, we're happy to help any way we can. In fact, you know, many districts, you know, have uh, budgets for the school, for the schools to do things like this. Uh, a lot of foundations you know, parent-teacher organizations oftentimes will seed, you know, a program like this to see its effectiveness. Um, but yeah, it's not unusual at all for us to work with principals at the school level. Very cool. Because I know, I know, in the, the past, you know, basically a lot of times things like this happen because a teacher or a or a parent comes to you as a principal and says, "I got a, I got a thought. Is there any way we can increase the the volume of my voice in the?" the classroom, you know, and it just comes from something simple as that, or a parent comes from the PTA and says, you know, my child's having a hard time hearing in their kindergarten class. And I was wondering if you got a way that we can figure how to make that work other than just putting them in the front of the classroom. Yeah, and that's right. Yep. That's definitely. Very cool. Yeah, you, I get ask, are you seeing any trends of EdTech audio? I mean, where it's going, how it's moving forward? I mean, what, what, uh, what are you seeing here with the, uh, well, I think, you know, the biggest trend, say pre-pandemic, is this is no longer something for children with hearing problems, right? The, the, the broad benefit for every student has been accepted. I mean, there, we have tons of independent research out there on this. And we have, I think there's enough momentum that school districts just look at this and say, yeah, this is this is right up there with, uh, you know, an LED screen or, you know, other tools that we other technologies we need. Um, and I think we're starting to see more realization because of how they're using it and the type of services that we need to provide is it's getting integrated into more and more technologies because everybody is starting to understand, you know, it used to be video, right? Video is everything. And now I think people are starting to realize that if you don't have quality audio, you are cutting out on a lot of learning. So we're getting integrated into a lot of different technologies. And it's just one of those, one of those things that makes other technologies that much more valuable. So, yeah, I think that that is a trend, uh, you know, prior to the pandemic, we saw a lot of um, a lot of things happening around small group instruction. 
and you know uh, project-based learning. And we were able to come out with a product that uh, you know I think it will do well again, uh, where uh, the teacher is able to um, listen in to say six groups in a classroom. Uh, where they're all working on different things and you can move around and you can listen in and hear who needs help and who doesn't, Uh, you know, are they getting it? Are they understanding? Do you need to do step back and do some whole group and whole class group instruction because some things just aren't clear? Uh, You know, we have the technology that gives the teacher that kind of management and insights in what's going on in real time. And I think that will continue uh, to find ways to grow. I think one of the things that is really helping right now with people choosing because you know school districts have a lot of choices of what they can do with their with their cares act funding and their ESSER funding i think one of the reasons why they're choosing us it not only has a tremendous short-term benefit but it has a benefit long after we get past these problems uh you know we have other ways that we can help students with the equipment that you purchase for this gotcha that's awesome yeah you know one of the things i keep thinking about is just funny i as a kid, and I didn't have hear, hearing problems as a kid, but you know, I, I went to school and 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 to to the point that you were making that it's not just kids with hearing it's yeah. um, impairments. It's the the fact that there's all kinds of distractions and other things that happen as a result that you don't really hear what's being said. And you know, I went to I grew up in a community where we didn't have air conditioning yet in the in the schools. They had so the the windows were open, and you know, they had this big story that you know I think. I think they really believe their mythology that if you open the windows just so far, there'd be a nice breeze that would come through and everybody'd be fine, you know? <laughs> and yeah. well, as a result of having those windows open, then you heard everything that was outside. And, you know, and of course, you're right when you're in math class, that's when they decide to mow the lawn or, you know, right. <laughs> do the hedges near the <laughs> near your math class. And, you know, I come forward into the modern day and as an adult, I even have issues with you know, the, the big powerful air conditioners in some of our buildings come on, blah, you know, it's like, oh, nice. You just had a nice other little distraction. And I can, I, I can see myself where just having someone talking where the, the voice is a little bit more amplified so that you, you're hearing everything that's being said instead of going, what was that? What was that middle thing she just said? I, you know, I, I don't know. I just, it got me thinking about all kinds of things that probably would improve my, uh, <laughs> my paying yeah. attention period. Yeah, that's absolutely true. You know, and it, you know, the nice thing about it is it, um, it doesn't necessarily make things louder. It just makes them clearer and that it gets above, you know, there's a certain noise level in a classroom from all the things you're talking about and you have to somehow get above that noise level. And, you know, that's what our products help get the teacher's voice or the student's voice above that noise level and engagement is, you know, what you're, you're talking about. You know, I don't know if they used that term when we were in school, but, you know, they, they use it now. And it's, you know, how do we, how do we get engagement? And we were, um, we had the, uh, this uh, one elementary school, fourth grade teacher uh, who uh, had 28 high energy kids. Uh, seven of them had ADHD. And then there were some other, you know, learning challenges in that classroom as well. And they put one of our products in that classroom and, you know, she saw a lot of improvement, but I think the, the, the proof in the pudding moment happened uh, when the speech speech pathologist who was responsible for getting these systems in the classroom came in and they were talking to the children and they asked this one girl, you know, how do you like the system? And she goes, well, I like it and I don't like it. And so go, why, why? I says, well, 
I like it because I can hear, but I don't like it because I can't block Miss Beck out. So <laughs> it was, and this is one of the students who nice. had ADHD where they were working on engagement techniques. And this is one that brought that child in. And, uh, you know, that, that uh, you know, is part of the, the magic of the technology. That's awesome. That's, do you have any other real world examples of uh, how, uh, how, you, how light speeds help improve learning outcomes? I mean, get it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, um, I thought of one, you know, in prep, preparing for this, I was listening to some of your uh, previous podcasts and one was, what are you for? Yes. I thought that was really interesting. And um, so we had a teacher in, in Wichita who uh, she was talking about a student. This is um, one of the systems where the teacher is able to uh, monitor, interact with small groups. Okay. And it's called uh, activate. And she was, um, you know, she had a, a student who was, you know, a bit of a challenge and other teachers had, you know, had this student and, you know, there were, you know, this was a school-wide issue on what to do with this student. And, uh, you know, she was trying to keep an open mind and working with him. Uh, and one day she heard him describe a solution to a problem that they were working on. And she went up to that child and said, Hey, you explained that so well, will you share that with the rest of the class? And from the comfort of the group with the microphone, that student was able to share that solution. And she said from that moment forward, she felt that student had new respect for her. And she certainly had new respect for that student. And what I love is she said, uh, I caught him shining that day. And now I catch him shining every day. Nice. And I think that's, you know, what are you for? What's the positive? You know, we focus a lot on the challenges, but, you know, you, you got to embrace the wins, too. Love that. That is awesome. And, I, and, it, and it really is. It's that's because that's what we should be for is, is to find those wins for the kids and, and highlight them. I love that. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, and by the way, that's very cool. You connected it with one of my podcasts. I, I thank you. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, one of the things that uh, I want to make sure I ask you is if a school system or school wants to get started in utilizing light speeds resources, what would be the first step? Well, uh, you know, you could uh, go to our website, lightspeed-tek.com. And, uh, you know, all the information is out there, including our phone number to get, just give us a call. Uh, you know, when you call us, you will get somebody immediately. Okay. We don't, we don't have phone trees or anything like that. We're, uh, we're all about talking to people. And certainly if anybody wants to talk to us, we don't want them waiting. Uh, so that would be the first step. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a bit of consultation that should happen. Uh, to talk about the environment, uh, the problems you're trying to solve, uh, what's your building infrastructure like, uh, what are some of the teaching techniques you want to emphasize. Uh, all those things can play into the type of solution that we would recommend. Uh, and then, of course, there's, you know, we, we definitely want people to pilot or try uh, because this is one of those things. I mean, you put it in a classroom if you're skeptical, you know, three days with a teacher and some students and it's like, I'm skeptical no more. Now it's just a matter of finding the funding and getting it done. Uh, it is, it's that kind of product. That is awesome. That is awesome. So, and, and this is going to connect right, right with his next question. Cause you know, if, if someone wanted to connect with you further, where, where are you going to send them first? Uh, well, we're going to send them to our, uh, to our salespeople, right? One of our account executives uh, who are really uh, consultative. And, you know, first try to help people understand and make sure we understand what the challenges are and then, you know, make recommendations on how to proceed from there. 
Very cool. Very cool. And so in my show notes, I'll have the the links to your website and oh, thank uh, you. those other places and the phone number. And we'll do all that good stuff. And then that way people can easily find that. And uh, um, so good stuff there. And and David, uh, before we go, I've got a couple of questions I like to ask my guests. And the, and the first one goes like this. How do you keep going when there may be so much going on in your world that you may want to quit? Oh, yeah. So I don't... Um I know you're a big reader. I don't know if you've ever read Good to Great uh, yeah. by Jim Collins. Yeah, there's a there's a chapter in there that talks about the Stockdale paradox. And uh, Admiral Stockdale was a prisoner of war for eight years in the Hanoi Hilton. He had been tortured many, many times, and yet he survived. He came out. And uh, Collins, in his interview, asked him, he said, well, you know, who didn't make it out? And he said the optimists didn't make it out. So the optimists struggled because they said, oh, we'll be out by Christmas. And then they were still there. We'll be out by Easter. They'd be still there. They'd be out by Thanksgiving. They'd be still there. And then you come back to Christmas again, and they would eventually die of a broken heart. And so the lesson he learned from that, I don't mean to be so dramatic, but, you know, the, the, the lesson that Stockdale learned from that is that it's important to have unwavering faith that you will achieve your goals. At the same time, it's important to confront the reality that is in front of you and that you have to deal with in order to accomplish your goals. So you can't really worry about time. You don't have no idea of the different barriers and challenges that will be put in front of you to get to where you want to be. You just have to have the confidence that eventually you will do that. You will overcome those and you'll get there. And I think for me, a practical technique or just a thing that works for me is that I pray for a move when I'm in those situations. I just need one move, one thing that I can control, that I can do really well. I can stand back and say, okay, I can appreciate the completion of something. And then I look for the next move. And after following that process, pretty soon you start to see the bigger picture take shape. You're not worrying about individual moves anymore. The light starts to shine through and you start to see how you can take another leap and gain momentum. So I hope I didn't go on too much for you about that, but that's how I think about that question. Oh, that's awesome. I love the answer. Thank you. That's, that's awesome. You know, the last question I have is, do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life? If so, who was it? And what would you say if given the chance to say thank you? I do. I do. You know, I had a lot of good teachers, but there's only one that, you know, just really stands out. And that's Mr. Quigley. And he was um, my high school history teacher. And I think I would thank him for demanding my best. You know, I don't recall a whole lot of teachers caring so much that they would demand my best and they would call me on it when I wasn't giving it. And he did that uh, for everybody. And, um, you know, it taught me a couple things. One, um, I can do better than I think. And two, uh, you know, they're, the teachers aren't just doing it for a paycheck. They're doing it because they care about you personally. And uh, the ability to convey that has tremendous meaning. And so I would thank Mr. Quigley for those things. That's so awesome. Thank you. It's so cool yeah. to hear, hear the impact that other people have on, on us. Uh, that, That's a great question. Yeah. Thanks. 
Uh, David, thanks so much for sharing Lightspeed with us. I mean, what an awesome resource for helping to improve the quality of instruction in the classroom. And I wish you the best in all you do. Thank you so much, Steve. Really appreciate being here today. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is excited to be a member of Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. The opinions expressed on Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions for classroom teachers and school administrators. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll share it with your friends.